Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. Oh, we get introduced to a very white bread character in this episode that is our favorite. <laughs> so oh, can't wait. He's the fetch of uh, the television world. They keep trying to make him happen. Right? <laughs> I've, I, I've, I've talked to you about it several times because I discovered him in, in another sci-fi genre show and he just keeps he's on something else now they keep they keep trying to make him happen and i don't get it <laughs> he's not good like no like he's, he's not he's not the very worst but he's not good like he's yeah. he's he uh, uh, they could have like, picked so many other people men of color to play this part and they chose him and it's i mean th- Definitely, they like he's just he is so mediocre. It is the yeah. like the mo- the least interesting lead, and they've tried to make him the lead of several things. <laughs> I don't get it. Like, how many times oh, can you God. cancel a show or kick or or have a or write a character off? off? Yeah, before yeah. people are like, oh wait, he sucks. <laughs> I don't know. Before we get into our our white bread character of the of the day. <laughs> We are a part of the But Why Though podcast community. Uh, be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website, butwhythoughpodcast.com. We are super proud to be a part of their community. All right. This is actually a really cool episode outside of our new character. <laughs> so this is season two, episode 16, titled Afterlife, written by Craig Titley, directed by Kevin Hooks, originally aired April 7th, 2015. So, uh, so we begin with Colson and Hunter going used car shopping, uh, and they're trying to find a car to go off roading in. Um, and this car salesman just reads Colson completely wrong. He's like, "Your life is boring. The kids are overwhelming you. Like, blah blah blah. Like, you just want to go out and have an adventure." And Colson's like, "Yeah, you you got it." Um, and then they just end up stealing the car anyway. So okay. <laughs> like they ice the guy and they take off in this jeep um so that's how we begin <laughs> this episode um the next scene is sky waking up and she's covered in acupuncture needles and there's little like thing it looks like electricity going under her skin so we we know that these are not just typical acupuncture needles i'm pretty sure i don't look like that when i get acu- acupuncture <laughs> done so i'm just gonna just gonna assume not that i can see but um Gordon's there and he's like, how are you feeling? You've been out for two days. Like, don't worry. Like, you're fine. You're in a safe place. And our new white bread character shows up. His name is Lincoln. He is played by Luke Mitchell. Um, and he walks in and he introduces himself as her transitioner. And Sky, yeah, which, wow. Okay. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> oh, God. I don't even know Lincoln's last name. That's how much I don't care about him. Um, I only know because I looked. I had to look up Luke Mitchell to know to, to have in mind all the, the list of things to go through of awful things. What, what's his last name? Lincoln Campbell. He's Lincoln Campbell. Oh, that's that's awful. Anyway. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awful. Uh, um. Anyway, so Sky wants to leave because Lincoln has scared her away from this place. She's just like, I don't want to be anywhere near him. He's got soup money. <laughs> He's, uh... Oh my god, stop. He's got a soup fortune. Stop it. Um, but yeah, so she's like, fuck this. I don't want to be near this white dude. I'm out of here. But no, she's not allowed to leave because she's actually the one that's in danger. Oh no. I am in some kind of mood. <laughs> no, it's so, Luke I'm Mitchell. Sorry. We'll bring that up. <laughs> like he's, he is. It's like he's the anti-ward in that, like the character on paper. We should love this character. <laughs> we <laughs> like, should. Like, like, like he's basically like, like he's basically written as like lazy hero boyfriend love interest guy. Like, like it's like the laziest attempt to write like hmm. What if he just has like the personality of Captain America and spoilers, electrical powers? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, like, but oh, ooh, he's nice and selfless. Okay, okay, cool. Can we cast someone he's good? A doctor. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> we just don't have it in us. Like our only options are these bad choices. So we're not going to cast anyone good. Oh my god. Oh. oh, Daisy does not have good luck and love. <laughs> 
Um, so we go to the playground and Gonzalez is pissed that Sky took out seven agents and um, Calderon is recovering. He is not dead. So that's good. Um, agent insert name from last episode. <laughs> um, and Bobby is defending Sky and Coulson. She's like, look, she was just defending herself. Like Calderon shot her and Coulson's like a good guy. Like he doesn't like he he doesn't, you know, go nuts for no reason. Like he always has a good reason. Um, and. Gonzalez is like, none of this is good. Like, we need to open Fury's box. And and Bobby's like, well, we need Fitz to do that. So they go into the lab and Simmons and Fitz are standing there. And Gonzalez calls them the calls them the ones that got away because I guess he wanted to recruit them originally, but Colson beat him to it and he brought cupcakes <laughs> to like convince, I think it was Agent Weaver. Was it Agent Weaver? To like get them to to be on his team. Yeah, because she, she's the one who trained them in the academy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Simmons has this line of, you know, this would be this would all be very flattering given if the circumstances were different, um, which is what makes this so sad. And it's like, yeah, it really does. Like, you guys are on the same team. Stop being crazy. Um, and Fitz in, uh, I don't know if this is just Fitz being stubborn or if, I don't know how I felt about this, but he would rather leave than stay with S.H.I.E.L.D. and open Fury's box. He is that loyal to Coulson. And Bobby even comments on this, like, wow, you got to appreciate their loyalty. And um, Gonzalez is like, they're loyal to a man, not to S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, that's not okay, which he has a point. But also, we know Coulson is great, so we're biased. Uh, meanwhile, at the Hulk cabin, or at least the forest outside the Hulk cabin, um, Coulson and Hunter drive up in their Jeep, their stolen Jeep, and they they see what Sky did to the forest. And Hunter's like, what the fuck? Because he's been gone, if you remember. He's been like locked in a bathroom for a week. <laughs> so he has no idea <laughs> that any of this happened. <laughs> like, he's he's clueless. Um, and so they find a security camera and they watch the footage and they see Sky like blow out the forest and they see Gordon take her away. And Hunter's like, wow, that's new. And um, Coulson's like, oh, yeah, he came and he took Raina and Sky's father too. And he's like, dude, I've only been gone a week. And it, he really puts that into perspective. Like, damn, a lot has happened in a week because. Like they went to Wisconsin and all that shit happened, and Hunter wasn't there. I guess, right? Yeah, he, each episode <laughs> been like you know hours to days long. Not yeah, not not, not not that long. I didn't realize he hadn't been around for that long. But anyway, so Coulson feels like a failure because he he lost Sky. Like he couldn't get to her to protect her. So he feels like Dad Coulson feels like a failure. <laughs> um, meanwhile, back at wherever Sky is, which we'll find out what it's called in a second. Um. We find out that Gordon is the only one who can make contact with the outside world, and he is their only way in or out of this place. And they don't really even know where they're located, but the name of it is Chinese, and I forget what it's called, but they call it in English Afterlife. So this is the the town. I don't know. The location is called Afterlife. Okay. I have to mention it before. I, I, I almost burst out laughing before, but when I pull up the thing <laughs> to find out the different shows that uh, luke mitchell's been in the one he's on right now is called the code i think it's a cop show he plays captain john abe abraham oh no so, so he's played lincoln and abe and abraham <laughs> <laughs> sorry i had to say it like, i almost died laughing and it would have made no sense like you're talking about just a, a character moment for fitz and i was just about to crack like like, like just start, like, burst out laughing because <laughs> that motherfucker has been abraham and lincoln <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, God. So anyway, Lincoln continues on with his monologue, talking about how no one lives in afterlife permanently. This is like a way station, essentially, for people like them. They only come here when they need to, when they need a safe place or when they're transitioning. Um, and Sky noticed that everyone's staring at her. She's like, why do I feel like the new kid in school? And apparently afterlife is where inhumans are chosen, cultivated, and evaluated to see if they can even go through the mists. And only like one person every couple years actually transitions. And so Sky skipped all of that and she did it what Lincoln says as old school in a Cree temple with a diviner and no one has done that in thousands of years and so they are kind of jealous because she's special and she's unique in this in this culture and she skipped everything that she was supposed to do um and of course she asks about Raina she's like what about the woman that went through the transition with me and my father and Lincoln's like you know you don't have to worry about them you know no one here will hurt you you're safe um 
which we find out is not true. <laughs> um, back at the playground, Gonzalez is interrogating May. And uh, she insists that Coulson is S.H.I.E.L.D. And so she is being loyal to S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, she's like, there's no difference between Coulson and S.H.I.E.L.D. They're the same. Um, and she makes really good points on how, like, you know, maybe Coulson was obsessed with this alien stuff, but Hydra was too. And they were following Hydra to the temple, which is their job. And it's what they should be doing now instead of doing this winch hunt, which she yells at the camera um, as Bobby's watching, which I found funny. Um, but Gonzalez brings up Bahrain and he's like, look, you of all people know that like powered people are dangerous and sometimes we have to eliminate the threat and she's like you want to eliminate colson and sky and he's like no but um we need to bring them in you know soon to be able to to settle this and he wants may to help but she's she's not on his side yet so back at the hulk cabin uh colson and hunter are drinking whiskey and Coulson is beating himself up about losing S.H.I.E.L.D. and Sky in the same day. And Hunter starts ragging on Bobby and Mac and Gonzalez. He's like, ah, oh, you know, they're just traitors and whatever. And Coulson's like, no, they're great agents. And maybe Gonzalez has a point. I was dead. Maybe I shouldn't even be here. Um, and they start talking about how they have no good options. They, like, don't have any resources. They don't have anyone on their side. Like, what are they going to do? <laughs> Um, and Hunter has this line of maybe it's start, it's maybe it's time to start thinking about the bad ones, which does not bode well. Back at the playground, Bobby is trying to convince Gemma to open up Fury's box, and she thinks she still thinks that they need fits. And Gemma's like, Gemma seems to be warming up to yeah Gonzalez and Bobby's side, and she's like, Look, you're looking at this the wrong way. It's not a tech solution; it's a lab solution. And she just walks away. And so we're led to believe that she is on board or getting on board with them which no yeah he's like you said like gonzalez is trying to woo them pretty hard it feels like and she's yeah. at this point is feel, feeling really responsive for sure yeah for Going sure. In the opposite direction of uh fits yeah um so back at afterlife lincoln shows sky her rooms and um she he mentions that Gemma's bracers interrupted um the transition process and did more harm than good and that's why she was out for so long um, when they were trying to help heal her body and sky defends her she's like no she was just trying to protect me um and he makes a point of you know she, she thought she was dealing with human biology and you kind of graduated from that class and it's like that's that's very true um they don't fully understand what sky is um, and Sky, her she makes it very clear that she came to afterlife because she doesn't want her powers anymore. She wants to get rid of them. And Lincoln gives her the bad news of the transition is irreversible. So she is stuck like this forever. She's got to ha- learn to live with it. Back at the Hulk cabin, Hunter wakes up from being passed out from drinking too much uh, because S.H.I.E.L.D. is there, the S.H.I.E.L.D. that is out to get them. And uh, apparently Coulson called them. And um, Coulson's like, look, uh, if we're going to do anything, we need resources. So I've got backup coming. Reinforcements are on their way. Um, As long as they didn't bring a battering ram, we should be good. So, of course, they brought a battering ram. So now they only have an hour. (laughs) and Coulson brings out this like modern day howling commandos kit that fits and trip made for him. And he pulls out a deck of cards and he's like, do you play cards? And we're like, Oh God, where's this going? Um, so shield breaks in and Hunter and Coulson are sitting at the couch playing cards, what it looks like, but they're just hollows. So the agents like try to shoot at them and nothing happens. And the real Hunter and Coulson pop out of a back room and take out all the agents. And, and Hunter's like, wow, I did not think that would happen. And Coulson's line is, we had the better hand, which is such a Coulson line, but it's so eye roll, eye rolly in this moment. Cause it's just, I don't know. There's so many things in this episode that are so cheesy, but maybe Lincoln just put me in a bad mood from the beginning. <laughs> making me hate everyone (laughs) that's reasonable um back at afterlife lincoln takes sky to the best view in town and he shows her his powers and he helps her like levitate up with electricity which seems like shouldn't work or would be very painful for her and (laughs) the scene is just so lame like it's very obviously they're trying to set up a ro. It's very obvious they're trying to set up a romance, and it's just like so not believable. Like they they have no chemistry. Like I just <laughs> Luke Mitchell is not a great actor. They have no chemistry. Like I think Chloe Bennett is a great actress, and I don't even believe that she has any kind of like interest in this man at all. Even though he's 
zapping her with electricity. He has played <laughs> characters named Chris Knight, Will Benjamin, <laughs> Romeo Smith. One of his shows, oh, he was my. named Romeo Smith, John Young, Jesse, Lincoln Campbell, Roman Briggs, and Captain John Abraham. I feel like that is just like the list of the worst white characters I could possibly imagine. <laughs> Chris Knight. Romeo Smith. Wow. I don't know what that show is, but I'm never watching Home and Away. <laughs> nope. <laughs> also, is he Australian or something? Yeah. Yeah, he? he's Australian. I think that might be maybe that's part of why he sucks so bad. He's just he's trying he's he's affecting an accent. It's not right. That is yeah. not natural. Yeah. Hey, maybe maybe we maybe maybe um, I should watch Home and Away. Maybe he's good. Yeah, I'm not gonna know. Yeah. I'll never <laughs> if only there were some way to find this out, but eh, it's a shame. I'm never going to. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll never know. Um, apologies to fans that do like Lincoln. Oh, yes. Um, yes, definitely. We're going to be shitting on him a lot <laughs> because we just yeah, can't stand this character so next much. Next season and a half, maybe. Slight spoilers. There's uh, opportunities for this to come up. If you look up Luke Mitchell's biography, God. it's going to happen for a little while. Sorry, guys. Yeah. I know. I hate that scene so much. It's just like, it, it reminds me of like a teen rom-com, but like with powers, like, uh, it's just, these are adults. Like sky is 25. Like this is not. Also, it's like, just... uh, <laughs> you, you pointed out like, 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 well, it seems like it would hurt, but like, this is something that started to bug me more and more. I really, really like black lightning, but they literally use their, his lightning powers as telekinesis. Like he just picks people up and moves them around with his lightning. And it's the same thing yeah. in this. It's like, like, listen, no, <laughs> like that's not how lightning works. Like, it's not how, like I mean, I guess. Like, like, no, I'm pretty <laughs> but... sure. Like, I know, I know, I know neither <laughs> of us are physicists, but I'm pretty sure electricity isn't a lasso. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> Maybe you like <laughs> levitate people, like like make nets and like like shapes out of like nope. I think that's comic book stuff. I think this is nonsense. <laughs> yeah. If anything, her muscles should have been contracting like crazy, and she just should have been twitching and like like in severe pain. But whatever. <laughs> I feel like the magneto BS is like it's an electromagnetic field or whatever, but it's it's just gibberish. It's none of it's it means it nothing. Is. It is. Anyway, <laughs> back at the playground, Fitz is packing up his stuff and he packs a monkey statue, which I'm so happy that we know this inside joke now. It's one of those like monkey, like, what is it? Like, see no evil, do yes. say no evil, whatever. See no evil, hear no evil, that. speak no evil. Speak no evil. Yeah. But it, they're monkeys. So it's like, oh, the ongoing joke that Fitz loves monkeys slash Ian loves monkeys continues. It's great. Anyway, um. Mac walks in. He's like, I hate to see you leave, Turbo. And Fitz is like, only my friend Mac calls me that, <laughs> which is so like petty and fits perfect with with fits perfect with Fitz's. Wow, I didn't No, that. But it, it took me a second. <laughs> that confused me. I was like, 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 like fits perfect, like, like, like picture perfect. Like what? It fits perfectly with Fitz's like I don't no, know this that's just attitude that he has this episode. <laughs> it does, and just his general like he's not. I don't want to say he's like childish, but we talked before about how like like there's the two of them, uh, Fitz and, and and Gemma. I think it's still at this point are, are rather sheltered people, you know. Like so they there's this like I don't know. It's not. There's still a little bit of emotional yes. immaturity about them, even though they've been through some shit now and they're a lot better, but. It was it was just such a Fitz line. Like it is. It's very <laughs> like, it's very funny. Um, and Max like, dude, like I don't want you to leave. Like I believe in what we're doing here. Like I want you to stay. I want you to be a, be a part of it. You're my friend still. And then he tells him that Simmons has figured out how to open Fury's box. And Fitz is like, no. And so he goes and he sees how she figured it out. And he's like, but what is you know? And and, and you there's a moment where you're like, okay, this isn't what we think it means. Like because Fitz is onto something else that we're not aware of yet so to be continued um in afterlife um sky asks gordon to get a message to her friends and he's like um i can try i can ask but most likely they will refuse and she's like who's they and lincoln's like oh they're the elders and apparently people are afraid of sky because what that might mean for their people um that that their way 
of life and their level of secrecy is in danger and it's compromised because of her, because of how she transitioned, because of who knows her. Um, it's not good. So ugh. it's painting this very like weird picture of, of this place. And there's like some tension there that we don't quite understand yet that we will understand. <laughs> um, so we go to Cal and he's still locked up in this room and everything's destroyed and Gordon comes to visit and Cal's going nuts. He's like, I want to see my daughter. And he's like trying to punch him and Gordon disappears and he punches the ground and he starts crying because he hurt his hand. And and Gordon's like, look, like you can never see your daughter. You have no self-control. Like you have you have endangered all of us and you have sealed the fate of your daughter as well, which what does that mean? What? Yeah. All these like weird things like being mentioned. And we'll, we'll talk about it in the discussion because or in the spoiler section, because I have I have things to say. But anyway, um, back at the Hulk cabin, um, Hunter is really unimpressed with Coulson's lack of a plan. They have now dressed in the shield uh, agents like uh what do you call them? Like, like SWAT uniforms. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they're going back to the Quinjet and they think they've got them. And then another Quinjet shows up. It like uncloaks and there's more agents. And, and Colson's like, well, didn't see that coming. So they're caught and they're getting, uh, they're getting put on the Quinjet and they're getting taken back to Gonzalez. And oh no, guess who shows up? Reinforcements are here and it's Deathlock. Yay. <laughs> and um, there's this cool, like, combat scene when Deathlock is just kicking ass and just throwing people around and it's great and we find out that Deathlock has upgrades um and he can download information into his brain on like how to fly a plane like in the matrix which is really cool (laughs) so the problem that Hunter foresaw with Coulson not knowing how to fly a plane is uh no longer an issue and there's a line too where Coulson's like or Hunter's like, how come you didn't tell me like reinforcements were like a crazy cyborg? And Coulson's like, I just wanted to see the look on your face. <laughs> and it was it was priceless, <laughs> which is so Coulson. Um, back at the playground, Gemma is working on opening Fury's box and Fitz storms in and he's pissed. He's like, you knew this would drive me away. He's like, is this what, really what you wanted? Like, you want me to leave? And, and Simmons is like, maybe it's for the best that you leave. And so he leaves and you're like, what the fuck is happening? These two like just made up and became friends again. And we're like holding hands in a previous episode. And now they're like at each other's throats again. What is going on? Um, so back at Afterlife, um, Lincoln is talking about his powers and her powers with Sky. He does the whole, sh- I showed you mine, so sh- you show me yours thing, which is so lame and I hate him. <laughs> and <laughs> <laughs> and he accidentally mentions that the other person that they brought in, they don't even know what her powers are. And she did like a complete physical transformation. And we know he's talking about Reina and Sky figures it out, too. He's like, you said that she wasn't here or you said that I was the only one. Like, I know Reina's here. And so she starts shaking everything. And she's like, look, you know, I can't control this. So get out of my way. And so earlier in the episode when they were when Lincoln was giving her a tour of afterlife they came across this building that Lincoln mentioned was a transition room that they, they don't use anymore and of course Raina's in there and Sky figures that out so she goes straight to that room and she confronts Raina and she tries to kill her essentially and Jaying steps in who's played by Deacon Lockman and she stops it and she's like look I have you know Sky's like like Raina's killed people and Jaying's like well, from what I just saw, you're capable of killing people too. Um, so let's all just calm down here. She's just as welcome with us as you are. She's one of us. Um, and she has chosen to be Sky's guide, which is significant. Um, so Jaying goes to see Cal, and it's very obvious like, we know who this is. This is Sky's mother. I can finally say that without it being a spoiler. My God. <laughs> Um, and Cal's like, I told you I'd find her. And she's like, yeah, you did. And thank you. And she hugs him and he asks um, to see her and she says no. Um, and Cal is clearly not happy, but he doesn't react violently, which is significant. Like, obviously, Jaying has a power over Cal that no one else does, um, which is kind of sweet. Um, so on the Iliad, which is Gonzalez's uh, aircraft carrier, um, he... Gonzalez goes to May and he has a loaded gun and there's all these theatrics of like, you know, you can shoot me or you can hear me out. Like, what's it going to be? And it's like, <laughs> May's like, okay, let's hear what you have to say. Um, and he offers her a seat on the board so that Colson will have a strong advocate. And um, 
he's like, it's been, it's come to my attention that I'm not handling you properly. And so he, this is his way of handling her properly. Um, and he's like, you know, we can't afford to be enemies. Um, there's too much at stake. There's too many things out there that we need to be taking care of. Like he sees her side that she, that she brought up earlier in the episode and it's like, yeah, cause she's right. <laughs> you should give her power. Mm. So um, on the Quinjet, Dr. List is mentioned, which he was brought up in Endgame, and we talked about him in our Endgame episode on how um, uh, Sitwell and Rimlow were going to bring the scepter to Dr. List. So that was kind of a cool thing that I did not catch until I watched this episode before we saw Endgame again for the second time. So yay. (laughs) Yay watching ahead. (laughs) That's a, a really good catch, though. Yeah. Um, so basically, Deathlock has uh, Coulson um, gave Deathlock all these upgrades because he was having him trail Doctor List um, this entire time. And um, Deathlock mentions Mike mentions that um, List is hunting gifted people and he's experimenting on them, and they have to stop him. They have to figure out um, a way to do this on their own, I guess, since since the real shield doesn't care to help them with this. And so uh, they have to go with their bad option so they can get into Hydra. And that bad option is Grant Ward, which is, ew, why does he keep coming back? <laughs> like, uh, um, Back at the playground, Gemma realizes that she she's explaining to everyone, you know, I can't open this box. It's a lot more complicated than I thought I was, than I thought it was. I just can't do it. I'm really sorry. And the next scene is Fitz getting into a cab to go to the airport and he opens his bag and he has the real box in there. So this was all a bait and switch. Like they were just playing along these parts, which makes me so happy that they're not at, (laughs) they're not antagonistic towards, towards each other anymore. And to top it off, Gemma packed Fitz his favorite sandwich, the, what is it, buffalo mozzarella and prosciutto with just a hint of pesto aioli, which if you'll remember from season one, it's the sandwich that Ward threw away and Fitz was so angry about it. <laughs> yeah, the sandwich <laughs> was a classic. big moment. And that's the episode. We end with the sandwich. Um, <laughs> so... I feel like this season was really good up until this episode, and, and I and, and I blame Lincoln. <laughs> and I don't know if it's just like the slowed nature of like where we've come to in the plot. I just feel like too. It's it's funny because this is also when all the shit is getting really bad between um, between the two sides. Like this is when Marvel TV and Marvel Studio are having their falling out. Oh, interesting. Like, because because during all this time, like, I feel like this is a power play, and, and a lot of this is speculation on my part, but just based on knowing how how the actual, like, released information went, they've been developing an Inhumans uh, film at this point. And then it became the TV show, I think, basically because they tainted it so much on shield i feel like this is perlmutter pushing in humans and then on some level i know that there was at the time that there used to be more active cooperation between marvel uh studios on both the film and television and and the comics now there's a a much less like direct exchange of information exchange of, of stories and flow like there are no there are no current marvel authors like who are part of like a think tank working on on the films anymore? Like they used to be a thing, and now it doesn't really really happen. And and I, I I feel like at the time they were they they were wanting to make as much money off possible or, or as possible off of things that were owned wholly and solely by Marvel or their parent company. And so at the time they didn't really care about as much selling X Men comics because that would only serve as advertising for stuff that would make Fox some of the, some of the money. They don't yeah. make some of the money off of off anything for X-Men. So like the humans were really like pushed in the comics as well as like a replacement for mutants. Yeah. A huge storyline. There was even uh, like in humans versus X-Men like storyline. Yeah. Which is cool. It's a cool way to, to get around that not being able to, to have the X-Men in the, the television shows or the or the films oh for sure i think that uh, like like it was frustrating for, for a lot of comic readers i think because 
they'd prefer it to just to not have to serve the material yeah. the same way. And to be honest, like they never really did and they still don't. Like like comic sales don't reflect anything based on uh, on movie sales. If they did, Iron Man would have been the number one comic at all ever, more than yeah. like one one or two like random months. Yeah. Like, but even when it was sort of successful it's like 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 matt fraction matt fraction had a critically well received and a very i think high quality run on on hawkeye you mentioned uh in our endgame episode but at the same time it's like they kept pushing him because his indie books were good and they kept marvel kept trying to make him work and they gave him x-men they gave him um iron man the but neither one were the hits they've been you know, that Iron Man is in, in other media or that X-Men has been under other circumstances. Yeah. And he just didn't didn't sell as much. He wasn't like a huge name in the comic industry. Even though he's a, he is a big name, he's never been the seller for that license stuff as he has, as other people have. He's never been as, as big a name and uh, as far as actually getting people to buy the comics. And I think he's very high quality, but at the same time, a lot of people like him you've seen have gravitated farther and farther away from mainstream comics like now yeah. he just does stuff that he owns that he created himself entirely and he doesn't make anything for marvel or dc or anything and, and i don't blame him like yeah and the, the situation they've created i could see uh see leaving that stuff and i don't know it's uh it's weird because i feel like it's like the the tail wagging dog a little bit like worrying so much especially since they don't ever adapt any of it like yeah. just they when they when they every single one of the stories they use in, as an inspiration for those first like seven marvel movies were just made without knowing that there was a giant marvel movie machine coming you yeah know? Like, like made over decades and decades and even the ones that were made more recently like the civil war comic or you know a lot of the iron man stories that inspired some of these like uh the extremist story that inspired iron man 3 which i know isn't the most well loved, but let's face it, none, <laughs> none of the Iron Man movies are that great yeah. as far as story wise go. As far as sort of stories like internal logic or any of that stuff or creativity, like they're just fun. And it's, it's, and it's, I think, I think maybe you mentioned in our first in game episode that it's like the characters at Marvel, they're really the most important part. And yeah, it's definitely true. But I don't know. It, it's interesting how that's how I feel like the Inhumans and the way it, it unfolds both on this show and on the actual Inhumans miniseries on ABC, which the less said about that, the better. <laughs> but like, it, it's, I just feel like it's really like a very good example of how the, this sort of like attempt to develop everything and have everything tie in can be a bad thing when it's maybe rushed into, or like, you can't just expect it to be successful. You know, I think that's, mm -hmm. that's basically what the Inhuman show had as, as its problem. Like, like they just expected, Oh, it's Marvel. Like we're going to be, we're going to do great. But like the people who actually did it, you know, was the guy who made the previous season of iron fist. It's like, <laughs> you just made something that wasn't great. That yeah. wasn't well received. Like, like, like this. Failed up. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was really weird. Like that yeah. made no sense. Scott Buck failing up is like, I guess it is re directly relevant to our Lincoln conversation earlier. <laughs> it's just these, these, these mediocre white dudes who like get every opportunity and to keep failing, keep yeah. making bad shows or whether it's to star in them or produce them. But it, it's weird for sure. I, I, it makes me sad because like I have, it's interesting. Um, let's go to the spoiler section just because I'm going to, I'm going to let something slip most likely. And I don't want to have you edit that out. <laughs> so spoiler section time. Um, it just, it, I have such fond memories of watching this the first time through. And I will tell you upon rewatching, it is not as good as watching it the first time through like this whole second half of the second season. Like, there's so many characters and actors that are kind of wasted. Like they shouldn't have just had half season arcs. They should have kept them on for another season at least, or they could have made them more complex. Like I feel like Eddie almost is kind of wasted a little bit. Well, yeah. Cause we get him what this half of this season and then he's gone. Yeah. And same and with, we get we Lincoln get this whole fucking next season. Yeah. Really? Like you couldn't God. have put Deacon <laughs> Lockman in that role instead of having Lincoln in that role. Whatever. Anyway, um, no, I, I almost started laughing when you first started the spoiler section because in the notes, all you have is Jai Ying. And I know how much <laughs> like you've been like trying to not spoil that. And the only thing you've been you've been confused on is the timeline. And, and I, I think that's because 
they didn't do a whole lot to like de-age uh what's his face mccall mclaughlin yeah i feel like they make up they make the slightest bit of tv you know makeup effort but with her because she is supposed to be immortal like that it does add to the confusion yeah (laughs) well and also they don't try to hide from the audience that this is sky's mother right but it is still unknown to sky that that's her mother and I don't know. There's a line that she says too in this episode where she's like, you know, let me be, I want, I've chosen to be your guide. Um, give me a few days. And if you see if there's a relationship worth exploring, stay. And if not, we never have to see each other again. And it's such a sad line from her. It's like she's having to keep this from her daughter and having to like withhold her emotion in this moment because she's trying to protect her. But really, we know she's evil. <laughs> like it's, I don't know. And it really bums me out that like they make, I mean, Deacon Lockman is such an amazing actress and they give, there's so many good emotional moments that are coming up between her and Sky, And I just feel like it was a wasted character. Um, I don't know. I like, and the fact that like her white father gets redeemed, even though he's like the monster throughout all of this, like, that's cool. I guess he's a really interesting character, but like, come on, man, we need more Asians. <laughs> no, I agree. And like, I mean, this, this show's really good and I know. in general, but I, I feel like it, for, for me, uh, not having done an entire rewatch yet, but just the way I did, I, and we talked before how I watched the first couple episodes and come back to it until partway through mm-hmm. season three. And then kind of like, got caught up and and rediscovered it yeah so you and know this is, like but this is the this is the this is the bad part this yeah. this is the worst part of the show the yeah. first season is a little is a little rough at parts but i feel like we talked before like once that winter soldier episode happens it kicks in a high gear mm-hmm. and i feel like it stays in like, like there's like ups and downs it's not perfect but it stays yeah. in that same general gear until we do get to this moment and i feel like it's not because of luke mitchell but i feel like he epitomizes it <laughs> You know, yeah. he, 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 he's just the human representation of this point where it's like Marvel is fighting in, 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 in against itself and they don't know what this is anymore. And this is the beginning of, I think, what was it's all connected was like they knew that it was a one way street, but they also felt like it was a true thing that they were saying. Yeah. And this is the point where they're discovering it's an untenable option, but they're still not willing to admit that they can't sustain. (laughs) And I just wish they'd be honest, like just be honest with us about it. Yeah. Or, you know, like it doesn't have to be completely, it doesn't have to completely line up with everything. There doesn't have to be complete continuity, but at least don't pretend like there is (laughs) like, right. Like we've talked before about, uh, (laughs) you didn't want me to pull the thread too much, but like, uh, have like the, 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 the internal MCU timeline. It doesn't yeah. line up. Yeah. So, yeah, like, none of it's perfect. Everybody just needs to remember that and be calm. Yeah. I think. And I feel like Captain Marvel threw like a whole wrench and everything too, because that really like confused the timeline a lot for Nick Fury and like the beginning of the Avengers and Coulson's timeline too. And it doesn't line up with anything or most of the stuff that we know from Shield. Um. And yeah, no, it it messes <laughs> up stuff outside of Shield, and it definitely messes up everything basically we know about the two of them yeah because they're supposed to be recruited out of high school by garrett yeah (laughs) so okay what yeah (laughs) but uh what's his name is not with us anymore so they couldn't put him in captain marvel which uh, that would have been really cool if he was in captain marvel do it tarkened him up oh damn it missed opportunity guys i know we should write this for you come on Given you just content. let us watch everything, sit on it for a couple months, and go back and give them revisions. Right? We could really make all of this perfect. We could, we, could, too much? we could do a reboot of Agents of Shield and the MCU with proper timelines and connections, and it'd be great. We'll have great inserts for Agents of Shield opportunities in all the films. <laughs> It'll be fantastic. Um. Yeah, Manny Jacinto uh, from The Good Place, who plays Jason Mendoza. I'm going to recast him instead of Luke Mitchell. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> He's a, a excellent actor, one of the funniest dudes, a great uh, physical comedy as well. He's, he was a professional dancer, a self-ta- self-taught professional dancer before he was an actor. 
Uh, and it would be uh, our first uh, on-screen uh, Filipino Marvel hero. So yeah, that's it. That's my pitch. Let's do it. <laughs> my, my, my first revision. Let's do it. So the one thing I will say about Jaying, and we'll get more into her character in later episodes, is like, okay, there's three Asian women so far on the show, and they are all very different. So it's okay to have her as a a bad a baddie in the end well, but i i think that that that's fair absolutely yeah. that's what we always talk about it's like it's just when it's just one example but that shit becomes frustrating yeah. or problematic but like if one character out of three isn't you know her- heroic or dies or whatever that's not it doesn't feel as fucked up yeah and, and as, as long as it's not you know for a white guy's pain which i feel like on some level they got away with it sort of like they teased us with fridging <sighs> I feel and like it's but, fucked up, I, but like, I still right? feel like there is an element of white man's pain too. Oh no, I feel like it's super. No, no, I feel like it's super fucked up. It's like they got they sort of got their they they, they 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 did that the best way they could by having her survive it and be okay and still be a strong woman and not only ex, only exist to develop Cal, but at the same time, it still has all that fingerprints on it. This, yeah. the, the like the really old cliche and just like hateful and racist trope you know well i think what's weird is like okay if you're they used that to kind of fake us out to think that she was fridged but then they reveal her in this episode as still being alive obviously and she's sky's mom we know she's sky's mom but it doesn't have like that fake out doesn't have the emotional impact it does because of how she was revealed i think i don't know like no, I agree. Like it doesn't really have the same like there is no gotcha or shocking moment in it at all. You're just like, okay, here it is. Yeah, and I don't know if that's because she showed up in a flashback episode or you know what I mean, like in a previous episode, so we know that she's around. Even though I was confused on what year it was, and she's not actually around <laughs> that we know of. Um, so I don't know if that if like if they wouldn't have shown that flashback part of that episode if we that would have been more impactful to see her again in this episode. Um, I don't know. I, I can't say if, if that would have been the case, but um, I just felt like that payoff could have been so much better if they would have inter- reintroduced her in a different way, which I mean, like for her to come in and have that dialogue with, with Daisy is like really meaningful. And, you know, we know that, that Daisy slash sky still doesn't know that that's her mother, but, I don't know, like they still have that fridging trope <laughs> to fake us out. And I didn't feel like it was worth the, it was worth the fake out. No, I agree with you. Like, I don't know, man, there's ways they could have done it that are better. Like, yeah. I don't want to be crazy. Oh, like overly critical because it is, this is a case where we know that there are at least one of the people steering the ship. I think, in addition to having best intentions actually does have experiences to inform it. And yeah. make it. So I don't want to be like overly critical, especially myself, like, you know, as a white dude, it's not my place <laughs> to tell Moa Mo, uh, Tenshiron how to tell, tell that story. But, yeah. but like you said, like, even though it's not the same and it, it, it still has that, that fridging aspect enough of it there, but it still has that same awful feeling and that awful connotation. And it's still, like you said, like, it's still developing his, uh, you know, it still feels, especially in the, in the storytelling moment, that fake out part of it, like it feels like it's all for, for Cal's pain. Yeah. You know, I think overall in the fullness of the story, that isn't the way it is because she's her own character. She, you know, as, as much as she serves Cal's story, she serves Daisy's or more so. Like, like mm-hmm. I feel like both of them, you know, the way they are in the show are in service to Daisy's development. But at the same time, like in that moment, it just does. It has this all, has all the grossness of fridging, and there is. I I I feel like there. Is, that's an intellectually or creatively like bankrupt idea to be like, oh here's oh here's the thing that's really offensive or really fucked up or really bad or that you know we shouldn't do, but it's just a psych out. Yeah, oh, oh, like like we're just teasing you. It's like no, that's you're still showing the violence against uh, uh, an Asian woman. You know, you're still showing fucked up shit yeah <laughs> doesn't make it the fact that she's able to regenerate and piece herself back together is like oh that's kind of even more awful because she just endured all this trauma for a man's pain and for you know development and, and, like <laughs> well it's just like it's just like the stupid bullshit like with, with um jk rowling and the oh, those prequels God. to me it's like it's like guess what you can make 
an Asian uh, woman turn into a snake and that's her superpower. And you can have this woman be able to heal from anything. That's fine. But you don't have to have their stories then be about uh, the, the, the story that shows that she can heal from anything is about the emotional trauma that it does to her white boyfriend or her husband yeah. and about, and about the, and to show how evil the white torturer is yeah. like that. Like, like in, in the similarly in the JK Rowling thing, like it doesn't have to be the result of manipulation and fucking control from an evil white, white supremacist wizard. Yeah. You know, it's like, like these are literally the shit where, and both of them have like fucking a literal Nazi and a wizard supremacist. Like they're the ones <laughs> like manipulating this shit. It's yeah. like, it's really weird, but it's like, like, can we have a story where we show trauma even, you know, that happens to an Asian woman where it's not perpetrated by white supremacists? So like, maybe we're, maybe it's just fucking incidental. Like yeah. something just happened. If you're going to, if you're going to go that route, like natural disaster, <laughs> like there's so many different ways I know. you can do this. And you know what? I guess like maybe it's a commentary on like colonialism because the, the inhumans are supposed to represent like marginalized people. So when they use transition so often in this episode, yeah. it's like, I feel like either you're trying to do a metaphor that maybe you guys aren't equipped to tell, yeah. or you're just using language that maybe you shouldn't be using yeah. <laughs> because you don't know. Yeah. You're not familiar know. with the trans community. Um, it, it it felt like not, not like, again, very well-intentioned, but like, think about the words you're using. It was, these be- Yeah. They become it becomes a metaphor for something, but I don't know if it it didn't feel like they were like cognizant of it necessarily. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. It felt, it felt odd. It was odd. Um Yeah. I feel like like you I think you're right. Like the intentions were there. They're trying to tell an somewhat of a metaphorical story along with this story, but I feel like they just aren't quite there like there's just just short of like it being really great and but I mean like you said if this is a time of like turmoil within the organization like it makes sense that this this storyline would get kind of I don't know not given the attention it deserves um because they probably thought that with Inhumans they would they were going to be able to flush out this origin so much better. Maybe not with the same characters, but just in general with mm-hmm. the Inhuman culture and all that. And this was just kind of the introduction to that. Um, but they never got that opportunity because Ironfish. <laughs> it got Scott Buck's fingerprints all over. <sighs> well, I remember, like they actually did release that first episode or whatever. I think in IMAX. Oh God! And like they, I don't know why they did, but let's said about that again. Like, <laughs> I recommend a lot of bad stuff, like just for the uh, like curiosity factor. But I don't think I could even finish Inhumans. I tried. You did try. It's got good, it's got good actors, but all those people I like in other things. <laughs> like, but they Can we get do some it. of them to replace Lincoln, please? Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anson Mountain and Ken Leung are both like really good actors, <laughs> but they're in a shitty show. Yeah. It's supposed to show. It takes everybody to, to make it good. All right. I think that's all I have to complain about for this episode. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm so negative. <laughs> yeah, on weeks uh, that's the on, on the plus side. While in the second half of this season, we have less comic connections. We have a whole lot more Lincoln hate for everyone. <laughs> that's it. And coming up this season, like we are in the spoiler section, we'll have times that we can hate on both Lincoln and Ward in the oh. same episode. Those are going to be like a weird kind of fun. <laughs> oh God. Why we hate all of Daisy's boyfriends? Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I mean, the one that's not a boyfriend yet is the only one that we don't hate. And even him, like, it's just goofy that he'd be a love interest. Like, like it's again, and like, not impossible to believe, but just like, at this point, what is her type just not good enough for her? <laughs> 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 Which, to be fair, is a lot of women I do know. So, and, and men. So. I mean, maybe that kind of mirrors her, Chloe Bennett's actual dating life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. oh, God. Is this all just a commentary? Is this all just like Jed and Mo trying to like be like gentle parental figures in her life? Like maybe if we just keep showing her how douchey these characters are in our show, she'll finally dump Logan Paul. (laughs) (laughs) And like Deke is like trying to like fucking negotiate something. Like they're just like, okay, we're going to make him a white goofball, mediocre piece of shit, but he's really nice. At least (laughs) like maybe she'll find one of those. (laughs) 
Like if we can't get her to if we can't get her to date a good guy. Oh my god. I'm sorry, Chloe Bennett. <laughs> I love you. You deserve better. <laughs> oh. Uh, I know she can feel it too. I remember last year at San Diego, everyone like waving and being so pleasant to her and then just like staring daggers at him while they were walking by. <laughs> like Well, that's what happens when you racist. <laughs> yeah. Dudes who uh, mock the dead are uh, <laughs> real cool. <laughs> like, nothing, nothing like racism and complete lack of respect for human life. Yeah. And just like no, uh, no, <laughs> no self-awareness. No, you really, whatsoever. oh God. I feel like he's like a combination of all of them, of all of her love interests. It's like the obliviousness of Deke <laughs> with like the evil of Ward, yeah. <laughs> the obnoxiousness of, and just like, like the mediocrity of <laughs> lack of charm and mediocrity of Luke Mitchell. Yeah, no. Oh, poor guys. <laughs> oh, man. I think I feel worst in all of this for uh, who is it that plays uh, Deke? What's that guy? Uh, Jeff Ward. Jeff Ward, just because he doesn't deserve this. He seems nice. No, he does seem nice. He's just a goofball. <laughs> uh, all right. On that note, where can people find you on social media? Uh, people can find me at I Snow Nothing. <laughs> you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find the podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. And you can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. Leave a rating and review on iTunes, please. And we are available on iTunes or I guess it's Apple Podcasts now. I keep saying iTunes. It's not that. We're available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play for you Android users out there. Um, thank you, Still guys. Still on the iTunes app. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. Like on my on my computer. On, on, on my phone, maybe it's maybe it's uh, Apple Podcasts. But they can't change everything. I know. <laughs> I don't even remember when they changed that, but they did, and it's annoying. And I hear it on um, – I, I keep hearing it on other people's podcasts, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it is – iTunes anymore, but we keep saying that. Anyway, thank you guys for listening to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Catch you later. <laughs> Bye. Daisy does not have good luck in love. No, the only one who's like, like, like they're all mixed bags, except for Lincoln, who's just bad. <laughs> but like, like Deke at least is like likable, but still, it's just like she's teamed up with the joke, maybe. <laughs> like, although at this point, it has been unrequited. So it just feels like yeah. he's the only option they're putting forward. God, that's kind of a spoiler, by the way. That's true. <laughs> oh, edit, that <laughs> edit that out. Edit that out. Yeah, it'll, be my, it'll be my blooper. <laughs>